0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Christ Supreme series, where Pastor Daryl teaches verse by verse through the book of Colossians to show that Jesus Christ reigns supreme above any alternative the world offers. Now
1: let's join them for today's message. At the beginning of every year, people make New Year's resolutions. And it's the New Year, New You mentality. People make decisions and they say, this is what I'm going to do this year. This is who I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to become. I'm going to pick up new things, new habits, and I'm going to get rid of old bad habits. Today's sermon title is The New You, because in this passage, the apostle Paul is picking up right where he left off that we have rejected because we have died and been raised with Christ. We are no longer bound by traditions of humanity. We are no longer bound by following worldviews and philosophies and ideologies of the elemental principles of the world that are not belonging to Christ. Though we find all of ourselves in Christ and because of that we have become new. No, the old Is gone. The old is passed away. The old way of doing things, the old way of trying to please God, the old way of trying to make up and try to earn God's forgiveness, the old way of earning and deserving or remaining in God's favor, the old way of trying to have a good life is gone. And the only place all of what we're looking for is found is in Christ. And in this first verse, He's letting us know where our motivation comes from. You know, when we talk about motivations, motivations are interesting because it's all about your mindset. Where are you putting your mind? Where is your focus? We all have motivations for what we do. I want you to think about in your life, in my life, what is our motivation for everything that we do? Everything that we participate in is our motivation that I want to have fun is my motivation that I want to be pleased and seek pleasure is my motivation that I want to be viewed as awesome and great in the world is my motivation power is my motivation prestige is my motivation the money and riches and fame and fortune what is my motivation for whatever it is I do in this passage Right at the beginning of chapter three, he says it twice to set our minds on Christ, set our minds on things above. He says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above. That is our pursuit. That is our motivation. That is our chase. Now, he does qualify. He says, if you've been raised with Christ. For my Bible scholars, it's a first class condition. He's saying basically since like you in Christ, you've been raised with him. You've been raised to new life. Why would you be going after the earthly things? You've been made new. You've been raised with Christ. Therefore, we seek things above. Now, you may be sitting here like, Pastor, what are those things above? He actually tells us. He says, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know what the things above are? It's Christ. It's Christ and that which belongs to Christ. That is where our mindset is. That is our motivation. Everything that we are doing is going after Christ. But he said, if you've been raised if you have trusted, have you trusted? Because if you have trusted Christ, he's told us that we died with Christ when he died on the cross. We were raised with Christ when he was raised on the third day. He's using this corporate language that's so important. He says our life, our all in all is found in Jesus alone. And if that be the case, why would I look anywhere else? Why would I go after anything else? The one who has conquered sin and death itself calls me his. What does the world have to offer that can beat that? He says, seek the things above. Where's your mindset? What are you focusing on? He says, set your mind on these things, not on earthly things, because... The earthly things for us, they they died. Because our true life, when he says our life is hidden with Christ and God, what he's saying is, 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 is twofold, our present and future. The guarantee of our future, glorious, resurrected life with the Lord forever and ever and ever is protected and sure as Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. But it also connects our present life that we walk in victory that Christ has won for us on the cross. So just as he was died, sin was put to death, as we saw earlier in this letter. Sin, our debt, our certificate of sin, our certificate of debt was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Gone forever and ever. He has done away with it. And because of that, now I can walk, you can walk in victory because Christ was raised. So when he says our life is hidden, what he's saying is our life, our growth, our power, our everything is secured in Christ. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to worry. You don't have to think, am I doing enough? We looked at that in previous verses. You don't have to feel like, am I doing enough? Is, is, is God mad at me? Am I, I want to live up to? No, it's secured in Christ. And he uses this language that's particular when he says at the right hand of the father. That's that's a place of prestige. That's a place of significance. That's a place of honor. He's letting you know that it is sure you can take it to the bank. Everything that he's saying is guaranteed because the victory won in Christ Jesus. So we set our minds on him. We set our minds, our motivations, everything about us flow from what? christ has called us to be what christ has called us to do our mindset and it's one of those things that you won't be any earthly good unless you are heavenly minded Some people sometimes say don't be so heavenly minded you know earthly good the scripture is actually the opposite you will not be earthly good unless you are heavenly minded your mind needs to be set on the things of christ your mind needs to be set on the things that pertain to him his righteousness his holiness and his purpose for me and you in this life right now knowing that our life to come is sure because it says that and when he appears our life will be revealed in glory that's good news church that's good news family Christ is coming back for us. He is coming back for his bride and he will wipe away every tear. There'll be no more sickness, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering, and we will be with him forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Just as sure as Christ raised is as sure as your victory over the things of this world. No longer are you to walk in fear or in intimidation. No longer are you to feel pressured into giving in and compromising your faith. Why? Because we've been raised with Christ and just as sure as he was raised and he sits at the right hand of the father is as sure as we have the power to walk out and live for him over the old self. Cause the old self is gone. He said, we put it away. He says this, he says, if you've been raised, he's letting us know. We set our minds. We put to death the things that belong to the earthly nature It's gone. Remember, we died with Christ, so the earthly nature died with Christ. We've been circumcised with the circumcision, not with hands. We have a new heart. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit in us. Those things have been put to death. We put away, we take off the old self. He uses this language of taking off the old self and putting on the new self. Now, I know the world will come at you because he's addressed this. He says, remember, we are not taken captive in chapter two, verse eight. We are not taken captive to philosophies and empty deception that are according to the traditions of men that are according to the elemental principles of the world. So, yes, when we come to Christ, we who have been raised with Christ and we walk in the newness of life and we put away the old self. Yeah, the world thinks we crazy. The world will try to pressure you. The world will try to tell you you're foolish. The world will come at you any kind of way it can to deter you from Christ. And you know what? He gives us a list that we see is what we ought to put to death that the world actually glorifies. And you know what? he starts off, he says, put these things to death. And he says the first thing, sexual immorality. It's like, oh man, why you gotta say that? You know what's interesting about this? In the New Testament, sexual immorality in a vice list this is a vice list we have it's typically right at the top of the list every time you know what it is we find out something a little deeper when it says that we are created in the image of God in his image and likeness he created male and female God has a design for the human body and in the human body it says that in the new covenant he would put his spirit in his people to cause us to walk in his ways First Corinthians 6, chapter 18, he says that flee sexual immorality. Every other sin in a person commits is outside the body. But the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own for you were bought with the price. So glorify God with your body. He says that sexual morality, sexual sin is actually a unique sin and an affront against God. And he says it's actually defaming the temple of the Holy Spirit. He may sitting out like God has given design and purpose and he's having even given boundaries so that there can be freedom of expression, so there can be freedom and enjoyment in his design. And he's given us marriage with husband and wife to fulfill and enjoy the fullness he has. But the world got a whole lot of other ways to try to get your rocks off. He says, stay away from it. Flee from it. Almost every letter deals with this in the New Testament. Why? Because it's serious. Jesus even had it at the top of his list in Mark chapter seven of those things that defile us. Yeah, he threw in sexual morality, going outside of God's design, God's purpose and plan. He says, put that to death. First Thessalonians, he says, this is the will of God. I remember people have asked me, what does God want? Well, there's a few places where it's explicitly stated. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you stay away from sexual immorality. And he uses and speaks to sexual immorality in the standpoint as acting as though those who do not know God. And then he says this, if you reject this teaching, it's not man that you reject. You actually are rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. He says we ought to have self-control and honor our bodies to the glory of God. He says we put this to death. He goes from sexual morality to impurity. That's moral corruption. Some people, unfortunately, in this sin nature, all they can think about is how to get over they do and support all kinds of wickedness and evil immorally morally corrupt. They applaud and celebrate wickedness, evil. They enjoy watching other people hurt and suffer. They don't see anything wrong with injustice. They have no problem hurting or abusing anybody long as they benefit more corruption. He says, put that to death. He had lust. Evil desire, greed. He says we put these things to death. Yeah, I know it's heavy, but this is a list and this is what the inspired writer Paul inspired of the Holy Spirit was given this to write so that believers would know and be reminded those things have been put to death. Keep them dead. Those things do not belong in walking with Christ. And I stay away from them, why? Because remember, my mind is set on things above, not on these earthly things. Some people are so greedy, they just want, want, want and want and never content on what God has given them to enjoy. They want and they take, they want and they take. They're lustful. Everybody and everything is objectified for their own pleasure and enjoyment. And it's about them. You know what's interesting? He calls this greed idolatry. This stuff is idolatrous. It is false worship. You know what's interesting about this? We have to be careful. Earlier, I talked about distractions and things that can get us off track in our walk and setting our new goals and our new objectives, ultimately, to be Christ like. You know, advertisers spend millions and even, they, they spend millions of dollars probably some of them the big dogs may spend billions in advertising now what's interesting in advertising is this you have audio and video advertising they pay for ads because they want people to see and hear it why why is it so important why during the Super Bowl is somebody willing to pay upwards of six million dollars to get 20 seconds of your time so that you see it because they know they know something They know something about the brain and connection with the heart. If I can enter and get in your thoughts, I can dominate your passions in your heart. So the eyes and the ears are the gateway to the mind and the heart. What you see and what you see repeatedly, your heart will desire. That's why it's important that we protect our eyes and our ears, that we are intentional in what we listen to and what we watch. We are intentional of what we decide to not watch and not listen to. we got to protect ourselves. That's why he said, put aside. We put these things together. And then he says this, another command, put aside. And what did he say put aside all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy speech, obscene speech. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anger and wrath? What he say? You look in the scripture in James, he says... Human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. The two words that's used here with anger and wrath are used in connection with one another many times. And they dealing with the side of in our humanity, we get to the point that we're so angry and upset. We want to act on it. And then it incurs our wrath where we take vengeance out on someone who hurt us. And we directly go against God's word when God's word says that vengeance belongs to him. That does not belong To the life that has been raised with Christ. Then he says, this, filthy talk, obscene speech, remove it from your mouth. I have so many conversations about this, man. We got to be careful how we talk. And I'm not just talking about speaking bad on people. I'm talking about even the filthiness from my mouth, just gratuitous cursing. That has no place in the mouth of the one who belongs to Christ. Does your tongue belong to Christ? Act like it. Act like it. Don't spread rumors about people. Don't talk bad about other people. That is not the life of one who's been raised with Christ. He said those things belong to the the philosophies and empty deceptive thoughts and ideologies that belong to the world. That is not a mindset that's set on the things above that's set on Christ. He says, put those things aside for they don't belong to the one who belongs to Christ. Why? Because it's a new you. It's the new you. In Christ, we've been made new. In 2 Corinthians, he says that we who are in Christ, we are new creations. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. Part of this new you, it is a process. You're not just grown spiritually mature when you accepted Christ. I don't don't want to paint that picture. Think about young boys. When young boys are going through puberty, when a a boy is pre-puberty, he has a tone in his voice. It's a little lighter. It's a little higher. You know, that pitch, it's it's kind of a high-pitched voice. When he starts hitting puberty, there's some changes that start going on, and it's, it can be embarrassing at times because sometimes that young boy may start talking and he sounds like his daddy. And then all of a sudden, it kind of slip back into. That old, that young boy voice. It's like, yeah, I gonna go back. And it's, like, it's that struggle. They, they don't have control yet. It's part of a process. That process is very similar. Spiritual growth. It's a process. You're not going to do everything perfectly, but you know what we do? We set our minds on things above. We set our minds on Christ. The things above is Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. This new self that's being renewed, Is one that we don't walk in lies. We don't walk in deceit. You know, he he gave another command and he said, don't lie to one another. You know, we talked about that a little bit when we had a series on the one another's and what that looks like to to love and live amongst one another. We we don't walk in deceit. We walk in transparency. We walk in truth. We walk in holiness and righteousness and justice. He says, we've put on a new self. We've taken off the old and we put on the new. No longer do we put the, 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 the old self is gone now this is also corporate language early I talked about when it says our life is hidden in Christ it's this corporate understanding that our life is incorporated in Christ and he holds our life secure because he is victorious he also picks up on this in his language about the old self and the new self It's not so much even individually as it is also corporately the old sin nature that belong to sinful humanity in Adam that's why in first Corinthians, he says that all who in Adam die, all who are in Christ are made alive. He said we've taken off the old man, the old person, the old life, and we have put on the new man, the new person. We've put on Christ. And then our life is in him. Our life is empowered by him. That's why he says this new life is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the creator. See, when our minds are set on Christ, we put Christ on. Now, our minds are being renewed with godly knowledge. He said this over and over and over, going back in the chapter one. His prayer is that we grow, that we grow and that we grow in the knowledge of God. He even says explicitly in chapter one that we grow in the knowledge of the will of God. So as we put on the new person, as we put on the new man, as we have put on Christ, it says that our minds are being renewed. We're growing, growing more Christ-like in our thinking. Because remember, where our minds are will drive our passions. You want to have Christlike passions in your life you want you want you want your heart to chase after the things of God set your mind on Christ make Christ your focus put Christ on your mind because as we put on the new man remember we took off the old humanity and we have been incorporated in Christ and he says this there's no division there's unity matter of fact there's no Places of superiority and inferiority because Christ is all in all. And he gives some explicit example. He says this because we in Christ, in verse 11, in Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all in all. The new man, meaning that we walk in such a newness of life. There's no distinction when it comes to class and hierarchy and ethnicity and, 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 and skin color and nationality, but this new life and this new man, this new person is actually Christ. I want y'all to know how revolutionary that was back then and even now. The most ridiculous things is to think you closer to God because of somewhere you from, your people, your your ethnicity, your skin color, what you do for a living, how you do what you do. <laughs> he he put in there barbarian. Barbarians weren't even just a nationality. They were people that just live. That's why people said, man, you you eating like a barbarian. It was just uncivilized, just reckless and, and 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 just ravenous and just just crazy people. He's like, man all that's done away with you think because you dress a certain way and somebody else dresses another way that you are closer to Christ no in Christ we're all equal in Christ God has created a one new community a one new people it is not based on ethnicity or region or skin color It's based off of faith in him we have died with him by faith in him we have been raised with him by faith in him and he is our all in all so if you want to talk about what your people do and what my people do you got one people and that's in Christ let me tell you something in Christ is one people It's one and you know what we act like Christ we do everything we do from Christ Christ is our motivation Christ is our passion Christ is our mindset and if we're gonna do anything in this life if we're going to live out any part of our purpose and why we have been birthed into the world. It's going to come. We've got to set our minds on things above. We've got to set our minds on Christ and we've got to put to death and put aside the earthly ways of life. Put aside, put to death. The sin. That keeps us from living out, that destroys our purpose. So that we can live to the glory of God.
0: Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Christ Supreme series where we learn Jesus Christ has no rival and that he reigns supreme. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L, jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Christ Supreme series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.